Welcome to the Accessible Yoga Podcast, your weekly source for questions and answers around equity in yoga, hosted by Jeevana Heyman and Amber Carnes. Join us each week for powerful conversations with thought leaders at the intersection of justice, knowledge, and practice. Welcome to episode 34. I'm your host, Amber Carnes. In this episode, Jeevana Heyman welcomes Pamela Stokes Eggleston and Amina Naru to talk about compassionate leadership and mentorship for yoga teachers. Pamela and Amina are two yoga service leaders and the co-founders of Retreat to Spirit, a mentorship organization that helps yoga teachers realize their potential, build their businesses according to yogic principles, and learn how to support themselves with their practice on and off the mat. Pamela and Amina share how self-care and mentorship helped foster their yoga careers and talk about reconnecting to your why. Finally, they share details about their upcoming Retreat to Spirit mentorship course here at the Accessible Yoga Training School, which opens for enrollment next week. I hope you enjoy this rich conversation with Pamela, Amina, and Jeevana. Here we go. Hi, everyone. Uh, it's Jeevana. My pronouns are he and him. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited today to be joined by Pamela Eggleston and Amina Naru. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hi, Hi I'm Amina. I go by she and her. I'm Pamela and I go by she and her. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining me. I'm so excited to talk to you both today. Um, actually, maybe do you mind introducing yourself some more? I didn't really introduce you at all. <laughs> Pam, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. So my name is uh, Pamela Stokes Eggleston. I am a founder of Yoga to Sleep and co-founder of Retreat to Spirit. And I am a yoga teacher, meditation instructor, yoga therapist. Uh, I do a lot of work with veterans and folks dealing with insomnia. I also work with the more subtle aspects of yoga and wellness. Uh, and I do a lot of that work with Amina Naru. My name is Amina Naru. Um, I am the co-founder of Retreat to Spirit. Um, I also run a business here in Delaware uh, called Posh Yoga, which is an acronym for the Principles of Strength and Healing. So uh, I've been uh, primarily doing that type of work uh, in the criminal justice field, uh, teaching um, yoga and mindfulness to um, adult um, at adult prisons and juvenile detention centers. Um, but recently, in these last 18 months, I guess-ish, maybe going on uh, two years now with Retreat the Spirit, um, teaching teachers and uh, uh, providing mentorship and um, doing retreats and webinars to uh, help people live their best life uh, rooted in yogic principles. And you said, I mean, you said um, Retreat to Spirit's been about 18 months that you've been working. Is that that? Right, they've been working together. Yeah, Pam, that's about we're going on two years now, right? Yeah, yeah, it's two years. How did that get started, actually? Well, <laughs> who wants to go first? Um, well, I can I can start, and then Pam, you can jump in. Um, so, retreat to spirit started. Um, first of all, me and Pam met probably like in 2015 at a, a, a yoga um, conference, uh, the, the yoga service conference. And, you know, immediately we knew we had this connection, especially being um, two black women at a predominantly white yoga conference. We <laughs> instantly connected and, um, you know, just kept in touch with each other throughout the years. Um and we knew we wanted to do some work together. Uh, we didn't know what it was, but we knew we 
we're supposed to work together. Um, after working um, with the Yoga Service Council uh, on the board, and um, uh, bef- actually before we got into our executive uh, director positions with the Yoga Service Council, we um, wrote out what it was we wanted to give you know, um, to, uh, the field of yoga service and, um, and also, you know, based on the needs of what we saw, you know, in, in this field and we came up with retreat to spirit and, um, that's where we started uh, cultivating um, our, our our knowledge base or use pulling from our knowledge base and the actual work we were already doing and created this uh, distinctive type of um, organization that would help people to realize their um, you know their abilities and where they could go in their own personal practices and and to help them, be better or, or uh, live a more happy, uh, fruitful lives and incorporate that into their business structures and models. And, and Pam, Pam, maybe you could add also like the exact, what is it that you all do? Like some of the things you've been doing? Well, Retreat Your Spirit is, is, is just like a amalgamation of what we believe are is some of the things that may be missing in, I guess, mainstream yoga and wellness. And that is really looking at some of the more subtle aspects of yoga, looking at, if we're thinking about koshas, uh, vijnanamaya, uh, anandamaya, if we're looking at um, energy and, and, and space. And so I think often people are focused on asana and a little pranayama, a little breath, but they're not looking at they're not looking at how that affects them after they're done their practice and what the energetics of that looks like in their lives and how they are showing up for other people uh, in other places and other communities that they come across. And so what Retreat to Spirit really focuses on is helping people cultivate those subtle aspects of yoga and wellness in their own contemplative work, in their own contemplative practices, at their jobs, in their homes, at the grocery store, at school. And so we've done a lot of events. Um, We just came back from Costa Rica doing a retreat or, or, or leading a retreat, dealing with some of the more kind of spiritual aspects of what our lives can can open for us, what, what our lives can be more of and have more of with mm-hmm. regards to, to the spirit and, and, and working, uh, in a contemplative mm-hmm. way. So. Thanks. I, it's very exciting actually. And I, I got, I know I've been working with you for a couple of years. We, I think we met through yoga Alliance maybe when we were trying to do some oh, work yeah, with them. We did we went for their, um, we were doing a training with Yoga Alliance, right? For their staff. Right. It was a, yeah, mm-hmm. that was fun. It that was, was years ago. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things I know that you both talk about or in Retreat to Spirit is, is leadership, yoga leadership. And I'm just curious if you can describe that more, because I think it's kind of an unusual term. I mean, we talk about leadership maybe more in, um, I don't know, corporate settings, but it's interesting in yoga. What it, I wonder what that means to you. That Do you talk about um, compassionate leadership? Is that it? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So, you know, what we have discovered, you know, in our uh, own businesses and, and how, um, we have seen other folks showing up in the uh, yoga in the yoga space, especially in terms of leadership. Um, that you know, for, I'll speak for myself from my own um, experiences. You know, the 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 lack of compassion, or um, there has been uh, so. When we have been working, when I have been working, I'm, I'm learning to speak for myself more than, than um, in, in this duo. But um, so working with organizations, there has been um, I have had some experiences where what we're teaching is not necessarily what we're actually practicing. So, you know, I wanted to come up with um, some programs and um you know, teachings and, and webinars and things like that regarding uh, uh, around more uh, heart-based leadership. Um, like, what is your contemplative practice? Like, what are you actually doing to maintain your own self-care? Like, um, are there, is there um, self-study involved? You know, like how is your practice showing up for you in the work that you actually do? Um, and compassionate leadership also um, involves collaboration, you know, um, and it's non-hierarchical. Um, and that, that is a, uh, a paradigm that we are working to shift and, um, and change that, you know, we are all, we, we, we like to work in a um, non-hierarchical um, in a non-hierarchical space and looking at um, our peers and people who are working with us as uh, you know in, in a lateral way it's like we are all in the same level working to um, uh, achieve a, a common purpose uh, and goals right so in the yoga service world um, and this is one of the uh, things that I admire about you Jivana so much is that you know there is space for collaboration and you you know you're reaching out to uh, your peers and and um, colleagues for support and help so it's not like there is a, uh, a competitive nature or or energy. Uh, involved, right? Um, there is compassion, and we we uh, like to show up in these spaces from our the fruits of our own practice. That's my take on it. Yeah, Pam, what about you? Can I can I add one thing? Because for me, I think I, the reason I ask that question about leadership is I don't think that like yoga teachers necessarily see themselves as leaders, and yet that is what we are. Like anytime you're in, in the role of teacher or you're helping to kind of hold, contain a group or um, lead anyone in anything, you're a leader, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody's a leader. Every, every yoga teacher um, is a leader. And, and, and what I would like to get out to your audience and, and really kind of hone in and on is the fact that Developing a leadership skills does not mean you're running everything or you're running the show. Mm -hmm. It is really, mm -hmm. how can I be more, how can I show up more in my own life, in my own contemplative work, contemplative practice, and therefore, uh, to mm -hmm. your earlier point, Jivana, be able to hold space as a teacher, uh, uh, as a yoga practitioner. So being a leader and 
in particular, being a compassionate leader requires that we are looking at more horizontal methods of, of doing business as opposed to vertical. Like often, and I come from a corporate background and there are five, six, seven, 10 levels deep of somebody being a manager or assistant manager or assistant yeah. deputy manager or deputy deputy assistant manager because we're also tied up on titles often. Mm. And so really what this is about is leveling the playing field to where it needed to be anyway. We're all in this together if we're trying to affect change in our communities and, and globally. So that's it's more flatter, it's more compassionate. Like I see the other person, partner, mm. relationship I am working with in myself. Mm. And that that informs the relationship and the leadership style and, and the actual work that can be done. Mm-hmm. And but and that's rooted a lot in the conscious relationship peace with yourself, as, as Pam had um, mentioned, right? Um, conscious relationship as far as, you know, I, and I said earlier, how you're showing up for yourself, what you're doing for yourself, because that is going to inform how you show up as a leader, you know, like how you take care of yourself, uh, what are your practices, you know, and, and the fruits of that comes forward in your leadership style. Yeah. Is that your bird I hear? I hear yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's Nikki. She's over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Nikki. So cute. Well, that, that reminded me of how, you know, I think a lot of people in the yoga service world kind of tend to give a lot. You know, they tend to be very um, generous and um, very compassionate. You know, and sometimes I think it's hard for people like that to to really know how to care for themselves. And is that is that kind of what you're getting at? This this idea of like give and take, caring for yourself as you care for others. Absolutely. Yep. Um, when we're in the service fields, it's it's very easy to um, get caught up in um, over like the, the, the continual giving, 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 and not refilling your cup uh, for yourself. So, and then that can um, lead us down a, slipper, a slippery slope to like, you know, codependency. And, you know, it's like uh, the teacher who doesn't um, take a day off or uh, have a sub come in to teach the class because, you know, she may, or he may be, be sick or not feeling well, or, you know, feeling like, um you know, extremely um, committed to showing up at the detriment to their self. And those kind of those kind of behaviors can actually um, harm um, the population you're you're trying to serve more than help. Yeah, that's always challenging. Uh, I remember, you know, when when my kids were a little bit younger and and they would just demand so much of me that when I would go out and teach, it was like a relief, you know, to be with adults and not have to just be around, you know, kids all day. Um, but then I also saw that I was getting burned out. You know, it was like, there wasn't teaching wasn't really what I needed. I mean, I needed a little teaching, but I needed to find some way to like, you know, take care of myself. So it's always so challenging. And I, so I know that you're, you have a course coming up on our platform, which I'm so excited about the, um, you know, accessible yoga training school is going to host your, um, your retreat to spirit mentorship, mentorship program. Um, and I wonder if you could tell us a bit about that and, and, you know, how that fits into this, the work that you're doing. Sure. Well, we actually um, were just talking about this earlier, Jivana, where we believe that mentors helped us in our yoga careers. Right. And I've Mm. I've had mentors since I started working. 
like professionally. So even outside of the yoga space, I've always had on varying levels, a mentor or mentors that I could talk to, bounce some ideas off of, or they came to me with constructive feedback, or I worked toward a common goal or a project. And so there's different levels of that. And I am listening to some of the rhetoric now in these past, I don't know, two or three years where there's like, oh, you don't need a mentor or, you know, having a mentor is not enough, which, which is true in part, but also it's like interesting to me to examine why people, some people are dissecting the need for mm. having a mentor and not having a mentor. And, and I would say that mm. it's really important because you need someone who's, who's got your back, who's also got a vested interest, who's, who, who is not going to sugarcoat things, but help you through a process, help you get to a, a, a certain uh, point in your life, help you complete a project or, or set up a business or really help your business to thrive, which is what Amin and I will be doing for the Accessible Yoga Training School. So it's, it's, um, it's really a relationship. And what we talk about often in our work is why the cultivation and sustainability of relationships is really, really critical. We have a good relationship with you, Jivana, and that's why mm -hmm. we're working with Accessible Yoga Training School, because relationships matter in, in, mm -hmm. in more ways than one. And, and my experience in the yoga space has been mm -hmm. one of people operating in silos and people not collaborating. Mm -hmm. Some of those people don't know how to collaborate, but often people just choose not to. And I think that that's unfortunate. Um, we've collaborated on numerous things. So this is, it feels almost easy and natural for us to do it. Mm -hmm. um, but often people don't do it. And we, it, it's just amazing to me, like there's nothing wrong with it. And it helps us galvanize and, and, and push further the needs of the community. Mm -hmm. And and but who is a mentor? Like, wh what is it that a mentor can offer? You said a few things. Um, is it just like, is it someone who's kind of been there and they, they can give you some advice? Is that what? Well, it looks like advice. It looks like uh, support um, as far as, you know, someone who you can call or contact when um, you may be at a critical point. Uh, or trying to make a decision in your business. Um, you know, as Pam mentioned, working in silos, uh, you know, when, when we're when we're working with specialized populations, we see that a lot, you know, because um, I when I started out, I was the only teacher in the state of Delaware that was working with um, in you know, the criminal justice field, like, you know, the system. I was uh, at juvenile detention centers and working with adults in prison. Um, I did not, I felt like I did not have a, um, a support system, right? So I had to travel out side, you know, like to conferences and, and things like that, to be exposed to other people who were do, who was doing similar work. Right. And then from that, I was eight, I uh, was able to um, meet folks who uh, was were able to guide me and became, um, you know, mentors. Um, and that could help me along the way with my business. Yeah. Well, in a way, that's part of what you know, the accessible yoga conferences were for, you know, when we used to be able to meet in person, it was like an opportunity to make those personal connections and build those relationships, like you said. But I think that, you know, and people always wanted us to take it to the next level, you know, um, 
and to help them really solidify those personal connections. One of, one of the um, assignments I would give at every conference was, I'd call it Juvenus Homework, where I'd ask everyone there to reach out to at least one other person and support them in some way. So like peer mentoring, I guess, is what I was trying to cultivate. But that's different than finding a mentor. Like I know for myself, I, I definitely have mentors, people that I call when I have questions or when I have, um, when I'm confused about making some decision in my life, like, um, basically like more experienced teachers or people who I just feel like, yeah, just people who's, uh, who I trust. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even, um, before we, um, had got this far along as, you know, in our, um, business, Pam and I have had people reaching out to us, um, for individual member, uh, me- mentorship, um, as far as like, you know, I'm, I've gotten to this stage of my career. I would like to go to the next level. Like what are the steps I need to take to, um, you know, to market my business, to, uh, gain more clients, um, you know, to go from teaching, um, public classes to teaching teachers, like what, what are the, the, uh, the trainings, what are the things I need to do for that? Um, and we've been uh, working with folks, uh, helping them create um, materials for uh, contract situations and, and, and things like that. So it's, it's, that's why we're, we're super excited to be able to um, offer this mentoring program on your platform um, because we feel that this will uh, help us be able to reach more people, you know, and, and expand in that way as far as um, who we're reaching. Mm -hmm. So you help with um, business like mentoring around business, um, like entrepreneurship, is that part of it? Is that what you said? Yes, it's it's a part of this. The whole package really is mentorship and and really looking at where your individual purpose or passion lies and how you can infuse that into your business or brand, and and just really using uh, a project based mentoring um, a protocol to help you flesh a lot of that out with you know weaving in the tenets of yoga self-care, business strategy, relationship cultivation, and service. So can you give us an idea, like how, how do you do that? Like what you just said, how can you find that um, inspiration for your business that comes from yoga and also from your individual, I don't know, your heart, you know, what, like how do you, what do you recommend in that regard? We're, we're going to do journaling, which is Amina's huge thing. Um, but <laughs> there's a minute, I mean, a journal. Oh my God, because journaling actually really works when you have really good journal prompts and you're really focused on, okay, what do I really want to do here? I think often we, we can be, I've had some stuck points in my yoga career, right? Like, what do mm. I really want to do in my work with veterans and how do I want to shift that? And it's been, so you always have to be open to shifting and pivoting, even before COVID. Like you always have to be open to kind of re-examining what you're currently working on, if that's working or not, and how you can change things. I don't think it was happening so much prior to COVID. I think more people are, are, are now learning that, okay, perhaps I needed to to shift and align more <laughs> yeah. with, with actually what I'm doing and how I can offer that in a different way to, to the community and, and, and globally, right? So um, yeah. it's, it's, you know, that's just one way that we're, we're pulling in, in, in okay. those tenants. 
Yeah, it's an exploration of self. You know, this this is a a, a three month um, program where the fo- first month is totally focused on your vision and your self care. I mean, that is how. Um, you know, that is where the answers are for what's your passion, what's your purpose, and then how are you going to take that or, or how to take that into uh, the, the month two of building and focusing on business growth and marketing. So the, the foundation starts with you, your vision and your self-care, excavating that Um you know, discovering uh, what really drives you, what gets you excited. Uh, you you may be um, teaching in a field or, or teaching a, a particular population that, you know, you may have outgrown. You, you may be um, venturing into, um, you know, exploring something new, a, a, a new way of, of teaching, a new uh, place to take your business to. You know, sometimes we, we just get stagnant in what we're doing. So Amina, can you, I don't know if you mind sharing about your own journey, like what got you into working in the um, justice system? Is there, was there like that connection that you had for yourself? Um, So my on-ramp to uh, working in criminal justice was I uh, began as a volunteer uh, at the juvenile detention center. Okay, so my passion to serve through yoga or serve um, um, as a a teacher for a yoga teacher um, was through um, I wanted to actually teach at rehabilitation centers. Um, I had a, a 30 day incarceration period when I was 21 years old that you know, really got me to thinking about when, when I discovered yoga as a, as a tool and a healing modality for myself, you know, these populations, my mom, um, uh, uh, was a, um, she was in addiction recovery for, you know, uh, probably the last 25 years of her life, um, after being, um, in um, in an addiction program for over 20 years. Right. So it was like, these are the people, these are the populations that I would like to um, expose this, you know, healing modality to, because what I was seeing is, you know, um, skinny white women in the yoga studios that were like, you know, this was their jam. This is what they were doing and they could afford it. And I was like, wow, this is so amazing. Like this has been so life-changing for me. I know folks that could use this, you know, to, to, um, help, uh, navigate their lives, be happier and, um, help in recovery, um, processes. So I was unable to get a yoga program, uh, when I first started out into, uh, the women's correctional, um, centers, uh, I offered it to, um, some, um, rehabilitation places, like where the place where my mom had gotten, uh, her treatments from. Um, but, I, after a year of teaching, I was offered an opportunity to volunteer at the juvenile detention center. I, I didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't in my purview to teach children, but it, it worked out, you know, it was just so amazing. Uh, it was a, a great fit. I went in and I started teaching on, um, volunteering on Fridays, um, after three months, 
They wanted more um, of the yoga. Uh, so that was, we went to like three days a week. Um, I let the administration know that with more of a, a dosage, they would see uh, more of an impact. Um, after that, I was offered a, um, they found money to pay me actually to come in. And so that volunteer uh, situation became a paid um, paid type of uh, situation that was uh, led to an offer to create a curriculum-based program um, that would be a contract with the state of Delaware. So that, that was my on-ramp um, to the population that I serve. You know, however, it was, it was my passion to give to um, people who would not could not typically, you know, afford to go into a yoga studio, right? People who uh, probably would never have an idea to uh, look into yoga as part of their healing or recovery, you know, um, and that that was where my passion uh, was lying. My passion was there, so that's what I used that fire and and took that into um, serving the juveniles at um, the the. So now I teach at like five, six different detention centers here uh, in the state of Delaware. Oh, that's amazing! Thanks for sharing that. That was oh, beautiful. You're welcome. Sorry for the the, the long version. <laughs> no, I liked it. I, actually, what about Pam? Would you mind sharing your your story? I mean, it'd be I think it's helpful to hear that kind of the way that you've been able to, you know, engage with your passion, like the two of you. It's just like Amina's story was, I don't know, really powerful to me. Yeah. So I stumbled upon veterans really as a kind of afterthought. I really never thought I was going to work in this space. I didn't know it was yoga service. I just thought it was working with veterans, working with the military. And so as a the spouse of a wounded warrior, a Purple Heart veteran, I never I didn't put two and two together. I went through a training and I did some training specific to yoga with veterans uh, after and during my two uh, after my 200 hour and during kind of my 500 hour, along with some trauma training. And then I just started reaching out with people I had formed relationships prior to my yoga career. So I was already in the military mm-hmm. family's military space with relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I'm a co-founder of Blue Star Families. My husband's still on the board there. And so I had these relationships with different, um, a women's veterans nonprofit, that organization, other organizations that I began to write grants with, small grants, but with grants nonetheless, to teach yoga to women veterans or teach yoga to caregivers or teach yoga to veterans. So I was able to get money in the beginning because I had had these relationships already set up. I I wasn't like doing it through someone else necessarily. And so what happened was, you know, I I started, word started getting out and I actually started, you know, just asking, Hey, do you guys need a yoga program? I see you have a wellness program going in, Mm. negotiating, you know, contracts, you know, some people were like, Hey, can you do this for free? And I said, no, because I looked at budgets. That's but if I wanted to do something for free, which I did, I, I reached out to local studios and said, why don't we do a yoga for vets program and do it like donation based. And then they, if they give the mm-hmm. money, you guys can keep it. So I chose how I, I, I taught for free that population. 
Um, if it was if it was an organization that I know had, you know, because I again, I know the space and I knew some of these organizations um, I had worked with, um, done some work with Wounded Warrior Project and other uh, uh, military organizations. I knew their budget. So I was like, no, this, this is what you you know have to pay me and you have the money to pay me. Um, so I went in it that way and I started really just gravitating towards working with wounded warrior vet, uh, caregivers because I, I understood that story and I things started opening up for me. So going back to my earlier point of like pivoting and allowing for things to kind of manifest and happen, really listening to tapping into meditation, listening to, you know, what what is my higher calling and passion are going to be moves me in that direction more even though if somebody asked me to teach veterans, I would do it. But I, prior to that, was working with the VA. Um, I have a, a, I'm a vendor with a, the VA, and I was working privately with veterans, um, offering um, yoga therapy services privately. So I had doing one-on-one clients through the VA. Most of my clients through that were women veterans. I had one or two male veterans, but it was women veterans. I think that's because they resonated with me and saw me and Mm -hmm. felt comfortable with me. So I did that for a while. Uh, I've put that on pause since then because for just different reasons, but I, it was a lot. It was very energizing and taxing and challenging and wonderful. And I've met a lot of wonderful people through that particular program. And then I started moving more into working with the nonprofits now that I currently work with, uh, with regards to military families and caregivers. So mm-hmm. that's great. Thanks for sharing. I mean, both of your stories are so profound, I think, and really, like, it seems like that connection, um, to the, to the, service is essential, that it's like an interconnection um, to something in your past or in your heart that kind of drives your service. Do you think that's important that people have that? I mean, what if someone just decides, like, I just want to share yoga with, you know, I don't know, people with such and such condition or this community? I mean, is it always um, a personal experience, you think? I think it, it it's I would say yes. <laughs> I'm going to land on yes, because, um, you know, uh, otherwise, what, what is it? Why? Why, why do you want to serve um, these folks? Like, what, what is it about that group of people that is uh, driving you to want to show up and give of yourself? You know, um, sometimes it can be rooted in um, sympathy, over empathy, you know, um, and and we have noticed that a lot of folks feel like that is where service should come from, or you know, that's normal for service to come from uh, a feeling of uh, sympathy. Like I feel sorry for this group of people, so I want to give of myself and my services, um, you know, and that can lead to. <laughs> That can lead to a lot of disappointment and burnout. You know, um, if sometimes we see um, uh, white instructors who have a strong desire to want to serve black communities and it's like, OK, do you identify with that group of people? Um, you know, do you identify with the, the culture or the lifestyle? Like, what is it that is making you feel like you you connect to this group of people to to be able to offer something um, that could be helpful? There, those are questions of like, you know, 
that's where the conscious relationship piece with yourself comes in. Like, are you, are you journaling? Are you studying yourself, your motives, you know, what fuels and drives you and why those are questions that you should ask yourself before you um, actually um, land on a particular population you want to serve. Cause that's just could be white saviorism, which is still centering the white people's experience. Right. Yeah. And that's where I would lean towards what Amina said, which is yes, but also I would look at, I would also, because I don't want to say yes, a hundred percent, because I think that there's things you can learn, but you have to be willing to dissect your own privilege, saviorism. You have to be willing to dissect it. So in my experience, in my life, yoga experience, I'll say, I was indirectly, because I'm not a veteran. So what, what makes me want to go serve? Sure, I can be married to a veteran. My dad's an Air Force veteran. My grandfather was an Army veteran who served in Atlantic and Pacific and had to come back to a segregated land after he served. What, how did, so how did that indirect relationship affect my, my being currently and my teaching to the population? Right. So Mm -hmm. so it's really I had to really unpack that. So you can have an indirect kind of connection, but you Mm -hmm. really need to ask yourself, why is this just because this is somebody gave it to you? Somebody gave you this opportunity or brought it to your attention or can you? And this is where yoga teachers, I believe, have problems. And this is why we work in silos. Can you refer that to someone who's better suited for the job? I'm going to say that again. Can you refer that opportunity to someone mm-hmm. else who is better suited for the job. We don't do this enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's kind of a desperate mentality among yoga teachers of like grabbing all the work they can get, you know, because like it's a scarcity mentality, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I get it. it I get it because it's just how it's set up in this country. But we have to we have to begin to shift that narrative. Mm hmm. Right. And also um, platforming other voices like, you know, and and sharing your space, because I I think if you do have a platform, then it's really up to you. Well, you have that privilege then to give it away. It's like you can't just hold on to it for yourself and make it all about you. Um, I mean, you could, but I don't think it's really yoga. You know what I mean? Like the service is yoga in practice. So it's not really service. that's awesome. What else can you say about that? Any other thoughts around that, around finding your audience and then how to share that platform? Do you have thoughts about that? We do have thoughts. You can join our, <laughs> you can join our mentoring program. It's going to be starting April 1st. Join us. I mean, we're going to dive uh-huh. deep into that. It's 12 weeks of really in-depth project-based work that we're going to do. Uh, I will give you a tidbit, though, that that's okay. uh, advertising out the way. It's really about examining what your current practice is. It's about the self-inquiry piece. It's about the conscious relationship. But it's also re-examining on a regular basis what your yoga practices are. So often, you know, and I, I, I fall into this trap. I was focused more on asana. I need sometimes you need to be still. Sometimes you need to focus on maybe a, a different pranayama for, for that week. Sometimes you need to figure out, am I practicing this stuff, this, this yoga, when I'm standing in line at the grocery store, when I'm filling my tank up full of gas, when I am in a meeting on Zoom? Are you practicing that yoga all the other times you're not on your mat? And how is that informing the decisions that I make 
with my yoga business or yoga brand. That is, that's a whole amalgamation of, of, of what we're talking mm. about here. Yeah. And to the collaboration point, like you don't know what you don't know. And <laughs> I mean, I have always felt like, um, you know, um, collaboration is extremely important. Like um, if, if there is a, a particular um, opportunity that I have been um, asked to do or uh, has come up for me, um, I might be oversaturated. I'm not going to try to take it and <laughs> just to um, fulfill my myself uh, when I know I have colleagues, I have friends, I know people in this space that um, may specialize in whatever that opportunity is and you can pass it on or, or, you know, even, um, you know, something like this, you know, we, we have a, a mentorship program, you know, we, uh, love accessible yoga. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's just awesome that, um, we can come together and, and collaborate on this and we're supporting each other because we have a common goal of, um, helping other people, helping other teachers, people who are uh, trying to do this business um, and, you know, maybe lacking support or tools, you know. Um, so and thank you, Jivana, for um, giving us the platform to um, to create this program and, and offer it to um, to people who really need it, because I was one of those people. <laughs> You know, I started my business in 2013, um, Posh Yoga, and, you know, I was in the um, in the juvenile detention centers, but I also wanted to uh, uh, have a, uh, a, a public, like, community type of um, class. I wanted to offer classes um, downtown, you know, at the a local library. I wanted to reach families, like the, the families of, of uh, our parents of people who were incarcerated. Like, how can I get um, these tools and, and skills out to them? You know, um, and I didn't I didn't have people to bounce the ideas off of, right? Um, so this this is needed and we're we're just super happy to be able to have the opportunity to do so, to do this. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm grateful to the two of you. I mean, I think it's a beautiful service that you're offering. It's almost like we have to be those leaders, um, we be the mentors ourselves. You know, it's like, it's like mentoring yourself when you're a yoga practitioner, right? It's like learning how to take care of yourself, find that focus for your service, and then how to continue to support yourself as you do the work. So it's interesting the way that yoga fits into all this as well. I, I wonder if, um, well, I have two things. One is, Usually I like to leave with a question. We end with like a question for people to ponder. Uh, and also I'm wondering if one of you might lead us in like a short meditation or something like that. You know, it's easy for us to come up with the problem or like see the problem, see problems like, oh, this needs to be fixed. That needs to be fixed if we could, you know, change this or that. But I like to, I've started to, you know, ask uh, folks like, well, what are you prepared to do? Okay. You want to take your business to the next level, or you want to see change in a certain um, environment. What are you prepared to do? And I would leave people with something around that question. Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Cause I often ask that, what are you prepared to do? What are you prepared to do to unpack 
the layers of your own mess, your own stuff to serve who you want to serve. Great. Okay. That's beautiful. Great question. All right. Thanks. And does one of you want to leave a, a lead a practice for us? Short practice? Yeah. Pam yeah. will lead it. I will lead it. Okay. okay. Thanks, Pam. You're welcome. Coming into a comfortable seated posture. And if you're seated in a chairs, bringing the feet flush to the floor so you can feel that connection to earth beneath you. If you're seated on a cushion or mat, it's allowing the hips to soften, feeling the thighs upon the floor. Noticing where your shoulders are and inviting softness to them. And then if they're ready to slowly begin closing your eyes or just lower your gaze, that's your option. And taking a moment to draw an awareness to the breath and your breathing. Noticing how the breath is being moved through your body and in what places in the body. Maybe you feel the breath more in your belly or chest. Maybe you feel prominence of the breath in the side body, the ribs expanding in and out. And if it's there for you to draw your attention to the center of your chest at the heart. With these next few breaths, see if you can draw the breath up and into the space of the heart. As you inhale, expanding up and outward. As you exhale, releasing. Maybe these breaths, this expansion and contraction become longer and deeper at the space of the heart. Take three more breaths in and out. Then softly coming back to the room, opening your eyes, returning to the space. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks for that, Pam. And thank you both for being here today. We'll um, we'll have links um, in the show notes to your program, but I just want to thank you for your time and for all the work you do, all of your service. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for all the work that you do. <laughs> Take care. Okay, Great. bye. Bye-bye.
Thanks for joining us for another week of the podcast. I hope this conversation was inspiring to you. I know it was to me as a business owner who's moving forward in these really uncertain times. And if you've been craving some more tangible support in your journey as an entrepreneur, as a yoga teacher, maybe you have some ideas for what you want to create and offer, but aren't really sure how to see them through. I'm so excited to tell you about our newest offering at the Accessible Yoga School, which is called Retreat to Spirit mentorship, connecting your yoga business to heart-centered service. It's facilitated by Pamela Stokes Eggleston and Amina Naru, and enrollment is opening on March 23rd. This is a really unique opportunity to get practical guidance and learn how to develop an impactful, distinctive, and successful yoga career that's based in yoga philosophy and ethics. It's a mentorship program where you'll learn things like community building skills, how to build a network that really works for you professionally how to develop your marketing and communication techniques to make you an effective teacher and business owner, how to understand cultural barriers as they relate to health and well-being and to build a business that supports equity and social justice. And really the overall theme is to develop compassionate leadership skills, business competence, and business integrity. Pam and Amina are committed to helping other teachers find a way to expand their offerings while staying true to yoga and to their work dismantling white supremacy. They are both internationally recognized leaders in the field of service and yoga with over 30 years of combined experience. And their unique leadership style provides people who are seeking more joy, peace, and happiness with their tools of mentorship and education and compassionate leadership so that they can create spaces for growth and transformation. So we hope you'll come check out this Retreat to Spirit Mentorship. It's a really unique program where you focus on a project like pivoting your yoga studio to move it online or something like that. Um, They will be offering guidance and support for the challenges that are really unique to us as yoga business owners. This course runs April 1st through June 22nd and enrollment opens on March 23rd. We'd love to have you join us and there are scholarships and payment plans and sliding scale tuition available. So check out all the details at accessibleyogatraining.com where you can also subscribe to the podcast, leave us feedback and tell us what you'd like to hear us talk about on this show. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you have a great week. See you next time.